the 91st episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast with today's guests who came together to create a diabetes app, the Women of Diabetes. If you're new to the show, welcome, and thanks for stopping by. My name is Amber Kluwer, and I'm the co-founder of Diabetes Daily Grind and host of this, the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with this disease. I was lucky to connect with Amy in one of my favorite T1D support groups for women. In getting to know her, I discovered she and a team of other women were working on a diabetes app to help connect people. After a quick demo, I was sold and wanted to share what this intelligent and forward-thinking group of women have created and why. Before we get started, I have a few quick announcements. Number one, I'm having a blast, probably a little too much fun, hosting the Real Life Diabetes Virtual Happy Hour every Thursday from 5 to 6.15 p.m. Central Standard Time, Texas time. (laughs) The gathering has nothing to do with alcohol, but it is for adults. I hope you'll join me for a lively discussion, a few jokes, and live music with other people who get it from around the world. You can stay engaged by joining the private Real Life Diabetes Happy Hour Facebook group. And please note, you must register by clicking on the Happy Hour logo at diabetesdailygrind.com. Number two, I will soon launch a new podcast series. It's called Just the Facts, Please, featuring medical professionals and industry leaders. We all know, and we complain often, we don't get enough time in our endos office. So hopefully this series will help fill the gap. Number three, shout out to the female entrepreneurs who invested in me and the Diabetes Daily Grind early on. Thank you, Rebecca from the Community Foundation, Anastasia from Gottlieb Luxury CBD Products, and Dr. Jody Stanislaw. If you are interested in supporting the DDG mission to provide resources and support, For all people living with this disease and their loved ones, please contact Penelope, my DDG marketing associate, who keeps me in order, (laughs) at Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com. And finally, stay engaged. Love, like, share, and comment on all things social media. You should sign up for the e-newsletter that goes out once a month. Leave an iTunes review. Subscribe to the DDG YouTube channel and click on the Amazon banner on the website before ordering. It doesn't cost you a thing and throws a little change my way. All right, let's get started. Welcome ladies to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. And I want to just have you start with, because I don't think I've done a podcast with this many people. So I'll let you tell us who you are and where you are. Sure. So I'm Amy. I'm type one diabetic. I was just diagnosed in January 2019. So it was pretty recent. And then when I was diagnosed, I have DKA. (laughs) So like it was really shocking. And then I took some time off of school and then just to recover. And then I went back to school and I started doing a director research about diabetes and mental health topic. Mm -hmm. And then through that uh, research, I found that um, people are like really looking for social support on the on Facebook mm-hmm. type one support group, especially on forums. They're looking for other diet buddies, <laughs> or there um, some people like who they can 
talk to or understand their disease. So that's how I got the idea of Diabetes app. If you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you were diagnosed? So I was 25. 25. Okay. So are you technically a LADA, a late onset, or did they straight off the bat just say you're type one and that's that? No, they just straight out told me I have type one diabetes. <laughs> do you have do you have a family history of diabetes? I have no family history of diabetes. So if you want me to talk talk a little bit more about my my hospital story, I can. I'm happy to talk about it. So you went in and did you just not feel well? Were you losing weight? Like what brought you into the hospital? I want to backtrack a little bit. Like I think the second half of 2018, I was I was in Asia, so I was traveling a lot. My my family is in Taiwan, mm-hmm. so like I spent like six months traveling all over Asia with my boyfriend. So like we were when we were traveling, we were definitely eating a lot of food, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like I feel like. I had all the symptoms. I had no idea what that was. It was like I was losing a lot of weight. There was increase in thirst, hunger, and frequency of urination. Yeah. So I have all that, but I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and then I wasn't gaining any weight back. So I think in December, end of December 2018, I had a really bad cold and then like got mm. into like fever and then. Uh, I started coughing really hard and had difficulty breathing. So then my dad just took me. I remember he carried me on his back from my room on my third floor to straight to the car and drove me right to the ER. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and then like I got there and then like a male nurse like put a bunch of injection in my body and my arms and legs. And my mom told me like, they take care of you at an ICU. I was like, I don't, I don't want to go at an ICU. I want to go home. And then, yeah, they put me on an ambulance and drove me to ICU at night. And I was like half state of conscious. Yeah. So like, you know, in ICU, they stripped me naked and then I put on adult diaper and all that. And then I was there on the bed for three days and three nights. Yeah. And then after that, yeah, my dad told me, like, oh, do you know what happened to you? Like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> like, my dad said I had DKA, so that's diabetic ketoacidosis, and my sugar was, like, 600. Wow. And then the A1C was 16%. And <laughs> 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 And so they diagnosed me with type 1. And that was, like, triggered by pneumonia, so I had pneumonia at the same time as when I was, like, diagnosed with wow. type 1. <laughs> So, like, it was pretty bad. Like, I remember I had to spit out the mucus every five to ten minutes, like, for a straight ten, ten days. Like, I was... Right. So, so that was uh, pretty uh, hard on me. As an adult, you know yeah. kind of what's going on. You know, uh, I was diagnosed at age eight, so it was a totally different ballgame. I didn't go into DKA. I had a similar yeah. story, but anywho... So you get released, you've got type 1 diabetes, and you're like, okay, so what do I do now? Did they give yeah. you proper instruction as to what life would be like? Life to be like? No. <laughs> they have gave me a proper instruction of, like, the nurses taught me how to do the injection on my, on yeah. my own. 
that's it. But then they were, they were using a different type of insulin pen than the take-home pen. Mm-hmm. So then I had no idea how the insulin <laughs> pen worked for a really long time. So then it was like really shocking after like a few months I realized I haven't been injecting myself Because, <laughs> you know, on the, on the needle, there's like a, so I'm going to show you. On the needle, there are yeah. one lid. But then there also a second lid. I had no idea that I had to take that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. But then after a few months, I, um, I started injecting insulin. And then, um, yeah, my, my, I started gaining the weight back and my AYC went down. We may go back to this, but I want to tap into the other ladies that are a part of this podcast. So Sarah, do you want to do a little introduction as to who you are and where you are currently? Absolutely. My name is Sarah Benjamin. I live in San Diego, California, and I joined the diabetes team because my younger sister is type 1 diabetic. She was diagnosed at age 6, and so she's been diabetic now for about 31 years. And so the opportunity to help do something that would help people similar to her and her experiences, I was glad to join this team. Did she attend any camps or have any uh, community? She didn't. So oftentimes growing up, she was the only one she knew with diabetes until she was, I believe, junior high. There were two other students at school who also had diabetes and that's pretty much the only people that she knew and she says now even as adults she can probably count on one hand the other type ones that she knows yeah that's crazy and it's because there's so many of us it's really and we'll get into why the app is so important because of that very reason okay charlene let's hear from you ah thank you so i'm in redondo beach i'm actually still in school finishing up the same master's degree program that we all of us kind of met. I don't have diabetes, but my sister and my mom, they both have diabetes. Mm-hmm. My sister, she's the eldest of the kids. Uh, she was diagnosed when she was really young, like she was still a baby. Not really sure how common that is because so far, based on the research that we've had, typically it's not like you're a baby when you get diagnosed, but it's yeah when you're in your 20s or you're a teenager or what have you, but not when you're a baby. So back up for a second. My mom is type two, so it's, uh, it's a little bit different. But um, so there's definitely, I guess, from that point of view of history. Yeah. But outside of that, um, no one else in the family from my dad's side or my, my mom's side has um, diabetes. So it's just the two of them. So my sister and I, she and I have like a 10-year age gap. So we were never really close. And she was doing her own thing and I was doing my own thing. So I never really understood all of this, like what she had to go through. And so it was interesting that when I knew that Amy was trying to um, put this app together and maybe a team to help put put it together. And I thought, okay, I know about diabetes by proxy, I guess. I didn't really realize how much I didn't know about it. And through our user testing and all that, and it just made me realize how sad it was, how ignorant I was with type one diabetes, well, just diabetes in general, one or two. And like the fact that it didn't really even dawn on me what a struggle it was for my sister. So it's not just because of our age difference, but I don't know, it just kind of, saddened me that I had to learn 
her struggles through other people's stories. So that's kind of one motivation for me as well to see this through and not just kind of like stop for the reason because we, we finished a course. Right. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I want to say that I met Amy through a mutual friend and past podcast guest, Sarah McLeod, who's awesome. And um, I always enjoy her energy and the way that, you know, connecting with her and all these other, she hosts a support group for women called Grace and Growth. And Amy, when she popped in, and I literally get chills saying this, when she, you know, some of us were saying how long we'd had diabetes and Mm -hmm. Amy, I think, asked about complications or something. And I just, it broke my heart because that's, you know, on the forefront of everything that she's thinking about. And it just made me think about how I want to move forward with my life. And that I want to make sure people like Amy have all the resources that they need, that there could be complications, that if we take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. now and we are proactive, that doesn't have to be the case. And I'm sick Mm -hmm. and tired of people being given a death sentence. We're all going to die. None of it probably, it's probably not going to be pleasant. However we go down, but Mm -hmm. I want people to live their best life. So Amy really inspired me to do a lot more. And that's why I'm excited to talk about the app. And it's called Diet Buddies. And I say, whenever I do a speech, it was like, I lived on a little diabetes island all of my life. So 30 plus years before I started the Diabetes Daily Grind. And that wasn't until I met a fellow adult living with the disease. And we just were like, it's like, I went to Europe, I did this, I did this. And nobody ever told me how. So I think that this level of connectivity is going to make a huge difference in people's lives. So Amy, did you put, I don't know how this works with your degree and the course and stuff. Did you just put out a call like, Hey, I want to work on this project and who wants to step in? Yeah. So in the (laughs) spring semester, I guess first half of the year, first few months of the year, I was working with a professor who's also a diabetic. (laughs) Uh, he's a type two um, on the subject of like diabetes and mental health. Mm-hmm. So I did a whole bunch of research. I like called people, looked up people on the type one support group on Facebook, and I talked to them, and then um, just try to figure out like what their 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 pain points and what's the most problem they're dealing with day to day. And then after talking to them, I found out that there's a lot of similarities like to their problems. So some of the insights include that um, people are really fearful of the low blood sugar Mm -hmm. and also that family may be helpful to them, but because the family members don't have it themselves, they don't understand or don't want to learn about the disease. Yeah. And that... A lot of people, mostly, almost everybody I talk to who has a diabetes has uh, anxiety and burnout mm. from the highs and lows. Even if they have diabetes for over 10 years, a lot of are still figuring out how to treat their mental health issues. I do still have the anxiety and depression. So that's maybe really wanted to, to find a solution for that. One of the things that I'm reaching out to all kinds of people because mental health is not talked about as often as it should, mm-hmm. diabetes or not, let's just be honest. But it wasn't until I went to a wellness retreat for mental health, week long, mm-hmm. hardcore, I chose to do this just because I didn't know what demons were in there and diabetes was mm-hmm. number one. I never thought about it that way. I was just like, oh, it's mm-hmm. just diabetes. Well, it was yeah. my demon. It was the thing that I had to deal with. So 
not everybody has that realization and maybe it's not mm -hmm. for them, but it was really nice to, I'm going to say forgive diabetes or whatever that looked like, but it definitely has helped. And that was a couple of years ago, me and my journey mm -hmm. personally and through my diabetes management. <clears throat> so I love this and I've had the privilege of walking through it with these ladies and I'm digging it and hooked you guys up with some guys that gave some comments too, because this is an all female team. But <laughs> I always like to get the male perspective. So tell us what are the goals for the app and what would it take to make you feel like it's successful or that you reach those goals? So diabetes is pretty much a app for people living with diabetes to seek for their mental health or social support. I feel like it's essentially an app where people living with diabetes, if they have, are struggling with burnout or anxiety, depression, there is this like a stop for them to find people who are similar to them or uh, somebody who could understand them because I think uh, at the end of the day, like this is what people are really looking for. They want that kind of support at people and understanding. You're not providing your medical advice. So there are no doctors that are doing anything. This is just more of a connectivity and give me some topics maybe that diabetes, you know, when people get into the app, mm -hmm. how they can find the people that are struggling or looking for the same type of group. So... We have um, in some of the features in our diabetes app include like a one-on-one -on -one match. So we can either match one-on-one -on -one with people who are similar to you. Uh, it's, it has the swiping function of right and left. You'll be able to see people who you're interested in and talking to. The other function is um, there's like a, you can create groups and or you can find groups within the, the apps. So that will like also has a filter function where you can look for the group that you feel like you're interested in being a part of. Like if I want to be here and say, I want to find people with type 1 diabetes that knit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, specifically, I we, one of the users we talked to are looking for like women who are pregnant because she's pregnant. For example, she would be really interested in like a group for women who are who are pregnant and has a lot of different questions about that. Yeah. Also, some of the other features that Amy thought through or that were inspired by Amy's journey mm -hmm. were things like the ability for polls, because sometimes, especially in her experience on larger platforms, where people just have a lot of crowdsourcing of information, you know, have you tried this? Um, have you heard about this latest continuous glucose monitor? Some mm -hmm. of those things we offer as an available feature as well. Also, mm -hmm. some helpful content, being able, just as Amy mentioned in her story and her journey, not being able to find some of those helpful resources. So putting all of this information in a central location. So not only can you find the emotional support of connecting one-on-one -on -one with someone or maybe in small groups, but being able to still lean on the entire community for additional information as well. 
And like you mentioned, there won't be any specific positions providing medical advice, but we would like to make sure that we're providing scientific evidence-based information available in those content section for anything related to news and the latest discoveries related to diabetes as well. I love that. And I think there is so much coming down the pipeline. I'll be talking about it soon. Maybe I'm not giving any suggestions or telling where the app should go, but maybe there is a, on Thursdays, an endocrinologist pops in and you can try, you know what I mean? Like something to where you do have somebody with the credentials behind their name to answer some scientific questions Mm -hmm. that people may not be getting from their own endo. So, or GP or whatever that looks like. So just throw it out there. Absolutely. We already have a willing participant. Um, Some of the experiences that we have with just patients and other people having type one is that it's not always easy to get into your endocrinologist or always have access. Of course, there's COVID and there's the availability of telemedicine and, and different features. You may not always still have the same access to the information that you need in a quick time. So being able to offer endocrinologists or nutritionists or therapists down the line in future phases, we would like to be able to offer those times where people can log in and listen to an expert and get that really rich information. I love that need as many platforms as possible. And I will say there's a lot of diabetes apps that are popping up, which I love because just like dating apps, which I'm on a few, you know, the connectivity is different and how you're going to relate to people. So I think everybody should play well together in the sandbox and the more the merrier when it comes to this. So what are the goals of this app other than just connecting people? When will you feel like the app is a success? If you have 500 users, 5,000 users, what is that going to look like for you? Yeah, I think uh, if we are able to get a large following of the user, that would be the most ideal. Right now, we're starting to build a social media platform. Mm -hmm. And then we have like a little list of uh, beta testers who Mm -hmm. are interested in the app. So, And if somebody wants to check this out, what, what do they need to go? How do they need to find you? Our Instagram is at my diabetes you can find us there and then click on the link to sign up for the beta test (laughs) yeah i love it Mm -hmm. and amy going back to your diabetes what do your parents think of you doing this i think that's great obviously they don't really know too much about the project but like i think like i I have come very far from being diagnosed and then now I'm doing something for diabetes. <laughs> in such a short period of time too, since diabetes jumped in mm-hmm. and like awesome. Take charge. We all need help. <laughs> all right, ladies, Sarah and Charlene, are your sisters on the app? Well, for me, the the funny thing is, um, as we were doing our initial user testing, when we were identifying our target audience of really being people with type 1 diabetes who are tech savvy and who really want to connect with other people, that self-selected my sister out because she does not like to connect with other people. She was a very valuable resource just to give us background on her experience with diabetes, similar to Charlene, letting us know things that I had never even heard and I've been her sister my whole life. But with the connection piece, she's a lot more private and to herself. I think she would probably join just to be able to see. But as far as connection, she's probably the worst. I am usually the one who makes the reach out phone calls first. But I still allow her to be my inspiration in making sure that people like her that grew up or even that like Amy that grew up in her were diagnosed later in life still have that support and that community. And knowing that it's, there's more out there 
um, there are more people with diverse backgrounds that you can find common connections with besides just, hey, you have this diagnosis, everyone must be the same. It's just like, oh, you all have brown hair. You should have everything alike. You should just know exactly the same thing. But being able to connect on those deeper levels where the general group can say, hey, everyone, I had a 100 blood sugar this morning and I'll cheer. But then if you have other struggles that they're maybe able to connect. So people that are trying to conceive and being able to connect those um, people together is really the goal. So in my sister's situation, she's in her 40s now. And as I mentioned a while ago, she was a baby when yeah. it happened for her. So in a way, maybe you could argue that that's kind of a blessing because she never knew what life was living like, you know, someone with a normal functioning pancreas. So her normal was actually a pancreas that's not working. And then just her personality in general, she's an introvert. So um, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is that introducing this app to her would be kind of in the same boat as Sarah's sister. It's like, oh, nice to know. Maybe I'll poke around. But it's not for her anymore. That kind of boat has yeah. sailed, if you will, which is kind of an interesting thing, too, because then maybe you could argue if this app existed yeah. when growing up, maybe it wouldn't have made her as introverted as she yeah. is. So I, I don't really know. So that's why I think it's really cool that we're doing this. Yeah. Are either one of your sisters on insulin pumps or CGMs? My sister's insurance, and she has had the worst luck um, with employers, typically on high deductible plans. So she's usually not eligible for CGMs or pumps because her deductible is about $5,000. Mm-hmm. So she um, continues to just, um, well, not regularly, check her blood sugar, which she should, um, but she still just manually uses her Atlantis as needed. Let me say this. If your sister needs help getting a CGM, you let me know. I will absolutely take you up on that. I think she doesn't really have an autonomic response to low blood sugars. So I do not know how many times we've had to call the ambulance, either when she was a teen or how she's been an adult where she just doesn't know that she dropped so low. So a CGM would be amazing. <laughs> it would probably take so much stress off of my mother, let alone her own stress. So I will definitely connect with you on that piece. Yeah. I mean, it's my life mission. I mean, like literally that everybody living with, especially type one diabetes, but that we have the resources we need because I mean, without my CGM, I, I mean, this, I shouldn't go into all this, but my, I've had, now I'm now in my mid forties. My hormones are changing. So my blood sugar has been like, so low on my Dexcom that it just says low in the middle of the night. Oh. Well, if it wasn't for it beeping, I might not have got up. I mean, it's one of those things. And um, yeah, it's crazy. What about you, Charlene? Does your sister, do you know if she uses any devices? She has a device and I think, yeah, it's CGM. But I remember when like, I was growing up, a large part of her life, the way she managed her diabetes was just, she seemed to be always uh, injecting herself. So yeah. That went on for a very long time. And then at some point, um, she switched. So, and I think it's better because, because, you know, you're carrying like the injection itself, like the syringe, right? And then all the vials for the, you know, it's just it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And this way, it's a little bit more automated. Um, so, I have two sisters. And until I started the Diabetes Daily Grind, we never really talked about my diabetes. I mean, they always saw me shoot up and 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been told I shouldn't say that, but uh, you know, give injections. And uh, my older sister is an ICU nurse, and we're all, now now that I'm open about talking about it, they have flooded me in the best way with comments or thoughts of like me growing up, and they never really understood what it was like because I didn't articulate it. So as sisters of someone living with that disease, is there any, now that you're working on the app and Amy's working on all these things, is there anything that's been like, oh, wow, I never thought about her having to think about X. You know what I mean? When we did the user testing with my sister, it was really interesting that she kind of shared an anecdotal story about going to back to school night and how my, she always heard my mom speaking about like, oh, and Sarah's so smart and Sarah's so this. And when she would go to my sister's classrooms, it's like, oh, and Jamie's type one diabetic and yeah. Jamie's type one diabetic. So that was something that always bothered her, which I, n I never thought about from the reverse perspective. I always saw that she got additional um, time with my parents. She got more attention because not only is she type one, she's also the youngest. So getting that additional attention, I just feel like, oh, and then she gets all these special snacks that she gets because I, I understand now as an adult, it yeah. has to be very boring to eat the same things over and over again, eat so many times a day, but that's why they were doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I learned a lot from my sisters recently about how they were super pissed that all the candy was removed from the house. You know, we couldn't have sugary cereals. And I was like, what? I had no idea. And that I got extra attention and that I could do no wrong. Which I was like, you guys are just ridiculous. That's not true, but whatever. What about you, Charlene? Anything mm -hmm. on that? So, you know, just again, to my point earlier, the realization that I didn't realize how, like, the journey that she had to go through growing up and just think about my life, not that I had a hard life, but I feel like I can speak to every other girl, you know, yeah. puberty and all that, like enough challenges already. And so compound that with, you know, what she had to go through in retrospect. So she's the eldest, right? And actually I'm the youngest in the family and we were like 10 years apart. Sometimes I, I recall like, Maybe I'm not putting this correctly, but like how much they're babying her, oh. which I thought was hard, like not hard, but like odd to me. Mm -hmm. um, but then it, I guess it kind of makes sense how my parents treated her. Yeah, that's a good question. I never really thought of that until now. <laughs> you should reach out to your sisters and be like, I don't get it, but I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> I wish my sisters would say that to me. Just kidding. I'm excited for this app. I hope that it will grow. I will do everything in my power to help more people get connected and the mental health mm -hmm. uh, component is so important. So Amy, I applaud your efforts and ladies, you too, for jumping on board. Amy, what's your biggest goal for this? What would you like to see with somebody living with diabetes? I feel like a lot of people who, especially people who just get diagnosed, it would be pretty helpful. Yeah. For them just to get on board with the disease because, like, uh, when I was diagnosed, I had no idea what was going on and how to treat this. I feel like uh, it would be like that would be one of the user main users, like the people who just got diagnosed or like people who have diabetes for 
a while and still want to seek support. Amy, do you feel like you have a good handle on your diabetes management currently? Yeah, I do. I mean, I changed my lifestyle quite a bit to like, no, I just I have to work out every day and I eat way clean. So do you use a CGM or a, a pump? Yeah, I use Dexcom. Yeah. All right. Well, ladies, unless there's anything else you want to throw in about studies, I'm going to wrap this up and uh, start putting the word out. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Good on you, Team Diabetes, for addressing the importance of connectivity and its effect on our mental health. Unfortunately, as many of you know, depression and burnout can take a toll. So I feel confident this app, like many others out there, will lessen the burden. Be sure to check out the show notes for ways to connect. Before I wrap up, I have a few last-minute quick reminders. Number one, Real Life Diabetes Virtual Happy Hour takes place every Thursday from 5 to 6.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. And be sure to register via the Facebook private group or by clicking the Happy Hour logo on my website. Number two, we are always looking for partners, sponsors, etc., who share my mission to provide support and resources for all people living with diabetes and their families. Penelope would love to chat, so hit her up at Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com. And finally, please, oh, that sounded whiny, please stay engaged on social media. If you want to contact me directly, I can always be reached at Amber at DiabetesDailyGrind.com and getting a message from you or an iTunes review makes my heart happy and keeps the episodes coming. Hmm. Well, that's a wrap. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. A little thing called